Sunday morning. We gotta find a church to go to. It should be easy. There are a bunch when we were driving. Seems down. like there was one on every block. It can't be that hard, right? They're everywhere. Hold on. We're still in the parking lot. You know I worry. Okay. Okay, here's one up here. Look, some Church, Church of, Jesus of Jesus Christ. Christ. That's us. Of Latter-day Saints. Yeah. Okay, no. Can't do that. Okay, here we go, right here. Oh, I love the funny church signs. What's that say? What is it? Uh, choose the bread of life or your toast. No. Oh. I'm gluten-free. I can't go there. Okay. Is that Echo Church? I don't know. The churches with the nightclub names, I don't love those. Plus, we're a new creation, and we both came out of that lifestyle. Yes. Praise him, raise him. Okay, what about that one, United Pentecostal Church? Okay, well, you're not getting in there. You're wearing pants, so for sure, no. Oh, I forgot my long denim skirt. You're right. Plus, you're wearing too much makeup. What? No, for the denomination. They got a thing about women and makeup I and stuff. I don't think they do. No, you look great. I'm just saying it's not just for to the, for there. Yeah. You should stop talking. Oh, is that Iglesia de Cristo? Really? With the accent? Let's not do this. Well, I've been using Rosetta Stone. You don't speak Spanish. We're not going to a Spanish-speaking church. I kind of speak Spanish. You don't. Well, I like traditional. I like okay. neutrals. Got it. Yep. I don't want something too progressive. Sure. I don't like steeples, but I also don't like strip malls. Okay, so like something in the middle. Okay, potential church? Nah, maybe next year. Okay. You didn't get the joke. It's not funny. Well, good morning and welcome once again to Riverway. My name is Jeremiah, one of the pastors here. And we're so excited you're here with us as we conclude our series, Riverway DNA. I'd like to say a special welcome to those of you watching in the parent viewing room this morning. This is a great place to go if you have little ones in service that start to get noisy or fussy. We just kindly ask that you would go out these main doors you walked in. And if you could take two lefts, it'll bring you down a room here where we have the message streaming live so you can watch, but also fun things for your kids to play with as well. Also, a quick reminder to pull out your message notes. We have some fill-in-the-blanks here for you to follow along with the talk this morning. Uh, that will be a useful tool for you today. Uh, but before we get into this message, I just want to recap where we've come from the last three weeks as we've talked about our DNA and really who we are as a church. And in week one, we talked about how we were made for relationships and that we're meant to do life deeply together through small groups. And week two, we talked about how uh, it's all on us to take personal responsibility for our spiritual growth. And all that happens one step of obedience at a time. And lastly, last week, we talked about kind of like the vehicle that drives everything here at Riverway, and that's the force of our volunteers and using our gifts and resources and our time to serve others. So if you missed any of the three weeks, I encourage you to go online, riverwaychurch.com, watch those. So they really kind of help you to understand who we are as a church and why we do the things that we do. You see, I love talking about our DNA and our values because they are what makes us who we are. And today we're going to look at the one value that all of our other values rest on, and that value is this, and it's your very first fill-in today. And it's that we value doing things we've never done to reach people we've never reached. We value doing things we've never done to reach people we've never reached. And it's kind of bold to say that all of our values rest on this one thing, but if you think about it, how are people going to get plugged into a small group unless we first reach them and get them here? How are people going to take a next step on their spiritual journey unless they're in a place like this that encourages it? And we know that nobody's going to serve here at Riverway unless they're first coming here on a Sunday morning. So this is kind of like the domino that needs to fall first, that we want to reach people so then we can help them latch on to these values that we hold true to us. And that's why we're doing things that we've never done before to reach people we've never reached. And this really is uh, kind of at the core of what Riverway is. And even when we started, uh, this was a driving force behind everything. And in a few weeks, we're going to share with you a video from the eight founding members of Riverway here that we're excited to share with you. And you get to hear some of our journey, how we got started, kind of what we were all going through when we started having these conversations about starting a church 
Um, and we're excited for you to kind of hear and kind of come inside the process of what that looked like and how we arrived to where we are today. But one theme that you'll notice throughout that video, throughout those interviews, is that the driving force behind why we started doing Riverway was to reach people that weren't being reached. You see, all of us came from uh, different backgrounds and different churches. But the fact of the matter was that we were seeing people that weren't being reached. And so this was a problem that we were like, we need to do something about this. So we're like, we're going to do something we've never done. We've never started a church before in an attempt to reach people that we've never reached. And that's how we got to where we are six and a half years later here today. But so you're going to hear more of that here in just a few weeks, and we're excited for you to, sh- to share that with you. And now the summer before we even started Riverway, uh, we decided that, you know, we want to reach people, but we want to reach people that aren't going to church currently. And we don't want to just get people from different churches. We want to reach people that aren't currently going to church. This value, reach people that haven't yet been reached. We really wanted to emphasize this thing. So what we did is we took our group that we had, maybe around 30 people, and we went door-to-door on Sunday mornings, knocking on people's doors, letting them know, hey, there's a new church in town. We invited them to check it out, give them some more information. But we did this on Sunday mornings because we knew that if somebody was home on a Sunday morning, that they currently probably weren't going to a church. This is our great idea. Hey, they haven't been reached yet. We're going to go out to where they are. Now, chances are, when you go door-to-door on a Sunday morning, you're going to encounter somebody that is very indifferent towards church at best, or probably does not like church. That's why they're not there that morning. So it was a little uh, scary at times, but for the most part, we had some positive interactions uh, during those times. And I can tell you that we don't have great metrics to really look back on to figure out, hey, how these people came from that day. But one of these things we did is we handed out these little cards that said, hey, I thought church wasn't for you, think again. And we handed these out, we left these indoors. And just a few weeks ago, this is crazy, I never heard this before, but just a few weeks ago, uh, Ryan was talking with a family here at Riverway. And they said that the very first encounter they ever had with Riverway was coming home on a Sunday morning about seven years ago and finding this little trifold thing sticking out their front door. They opened it up, looked at it, weren't immediately scared away, thankfully. And this led to them one day coming to check out our church. This is a family, they've led small groups, they serve faithfully around here. And I can say without any hesitation that our church wouldn't be the church it is without this family here. And it all started because we did something we've never done before to reach people we've never reached even though it was a little scary, even though it took a little boldness and courage on our end, we're like, how can we go to where they are, the people who have yet to be reached, and do our best to reach out to them? There's a story in the Bible about a group of friends that illustrates this value beautifully, and it's found in the book of Mark. And in Mark chapter 2, it says, After some days, Jesus went back to the city of Capernaum. Then news got around that he was home. You see, at this time, there was a buzz already about Jesus, about the miracles he was doing, about healing people, about the awesome things that Jesus was doing. So there was a huge buzz surrounding Jesus and where he was going. So soon, many people gathered there. In fact, there was no more room, not even at the door. So I try to just imagine what the scene looked like. You know, there's, the doors are packed, the hallways are packed. There's nowhere to even go. I kind of like to think of it like I'm at the state fair on the first weekend and looking down the street and there's just a sea of people. You're trying to like hip check people all the way to get to your deep fried candy bar and it's just absolute chaos to try to get to where you're going. And this is what I envision it being like in this area as Jesus comes back. Everybody in town wants to come and see Jesus to see if what they've heard is actually true about him. 
So here it is, this absolute packed area. And then it says, he spoke the word of God to them. And four men came to Jesus carrying a man who could not move his body. These men could not get near Jesus because of so many people. So here we have four guys, and they have a friend who can't move his body. He's crippled, and they've heard these things about Jesus. So they said, you know what? We're going to carry our friend wherever Jesus is going to be. I'm sure it's not going to be easy carrying somebody that length of, you know, that long, I mean, any distance. But we care so much about our friend. And we've heard the wonderful things that Jesus has been doing. And we're going to carry him. We're going to bring him to Jesus so that he could be healed. Only to show up and see just a swarm of people and not an inch to move. And there's no way for them to get to Jesus. And in this moment, I imagine it could have been very discouraging. They dearly wanted their friend to be healed. They brought him all this way. It would have been very easy to skip up, turn around, carry him back, and say, well, we tried. But these friends weren't going to just give up that easy. You see, there was a boldness, there was a courage, there was a love inside of them for their friend that wanted to bring him to Jesus. So what did they do? It says they made a hole in the roof of the house over where Jesus stood. Then they let down the bed with the sick man on it. Now, I really wanted to illustrate this today by lowering Tony from our roof here. Um, I was really looking forward to that. But I was strongly encouraged against or discouraged uh, not to do that. So just use your imagination. Um, somebody coming down here and Tony like a human pinata today. Um, but this is what they did. They, cut, they climbed up and they cut a hole. They dug a hole in this roof and they lowered their friend down to where Jesus was. Now when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the sick man, Son, your sins are forgiven. Now these words just really ticked off the religious leaders, the Pharisees at the time, because they're like, who's this guy to forgive sins? You know, just this huge uproar. And then Jesus kind of puts them in their place, and it's pretty funny, but we don't have time for that. I encourage you to read it on your own at home, because Jesus kind of tears them a new one, and it's kind of awesome. We're going to skip ahead to verse 10 here. And this is when Jesus is talking again to the sick man, and he said to the sick man who could not move his body, I say to you, get up, take your bed, and go home. So at once the sick man, he got up, he took his bed, and he went away. Everybody saw him. They were all surprised and wondered about it. They thanked God, and they said this, we have never seen anything like this. We have never seen anything like this. You see, it took four guys who were absolutely desperate to do whatever it took to bring their friend to Jesus. They weren't going to be stopped by a huge crowd, by people getting in their way, by a roof that didn't have a hole in it. They weren't going to be stopped because they cared deeply for their friend and they knew that Jesus had the ability to heal their friend. And your next film here this morning is that to see God do something big in someone's life, it requires us to do something bold. To see God do something big in someone's life, it requires us to do something bold. Because you don't hear that response, we have never seen anything like this before, from something this ordinary or something that doesn't take much effort or courage. But it comes from bold actions and bold things. For instance, think about, we do block a blessing every summer here at Riverway. And essentially, we take on about a dozen homes in our community here, and we give them a facelift, a makeover. I mean, we do a lot of work on each one of these homes over the course of the day at no expense to these homeowners. And what do we hear at the end of the day? <laughs> We have never seen 
anything like this before. Or an event like Family Fun Fest that we do every September. This is a free event for our community. There's inflatables, games, free music, food, activities. Again, no expense to the community, just a way to be a blessing. And what do we hear from people when they leave? Man, we've never seen anything like this before. Or an event like Christmas Miracle Sunday, my favorite Sunday of the year, where we come alongside families who are struggling, who are hurting, in need of help. And we offer sometimes life-changing gifts and resources to these families with no strings attached. And once people are done wiping the tears from their eyes, they say, man, I've never seen anything like this before. It takes something bold to elicit this type of response. And you see, each one of these events that we do helps to reach different people who we haven't reached yet. And you might see a pattern with these different things, and that's simply that they're all outward-focused. They're all geared towards reaching people where they're at, reaching out to our community, and being a blessing to them to meet a tangible need. That's why one of our other values here in Sir Next Film is that we value blessing our community first. We value blessing our community first. See, the way I look at it, this value that we do things that we've never done to reach people we've never reached, that's what we want to do. But the way that we're going to go about doing that, the how behind how we're going to do that, is by blessing our community first. If there's people out there that we haven't reached yet, we're not going to reach them just by yelling at them and saying, hey, you need to come to our church. It's not going to work. But we need to go where they're at. We need to find what needs they have. And we do our best to meet those needs the same way that Jesus did. We bless our community first. These two values work hand in hand. And we certainly didn't come up with this concept. All we have to do is look at what Jesus did. And before he called people to follow them, he met their needs. He healed them. He fed them. He met them where they were at. And Jesus knew this simple truth. And many of us have heard it put this way before in your next film that people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. They don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And when we started Riverway, our experience from churches that we had been a part of and seen is that we were starting to lose sight of this truth. As simple as it is, we were trying to reach more people simply through our words instead of through actions. And needless to say, it wasn't being overly effective. Now about a year or so before we started Riverway, I remember kind of being at a crossroads at what I wanted to do uh, just with the rest of my life as far as uh, work career-wise. I went to school for youth ministry, and I knew I wanted to be involved in the church because I loved the church. But the more and more that I was just attending church and still being involved, I just started seeing a disconnect be between what I would read in the Bible as far as what the church was intended to be about and what Jesus actually did and what I was doing at church. There was something wasn't lining up here. So I began to think more about it was, do I just you know, stay involved at church, or do I, do I go into more like a social work type of career where I can literally be helping people every single day with their needs, with their issues, with the things that life is throwing at them? Helping meet these tangible needs and helping people right where they're at. Because this is my idea of what the church should be doing, but I just wasn't seeing it being done. And I remember there was a time when Ryan and Tara moved back home here and we got together just to talk about life and um, church and kind of what direction that, you know, even Ryan was thinking because he was like, I'm thinking about maybe starting a church, I don't know. 
And we got together just to kind of share where we both were at. And I said, man, I, I, I love the church, but I just really want to be involved in something that's actually helping people, making an actual difference, not just for the people that come on Sunday morning, so that's great. But I want to be part of a church that's actually making a difference for people that maybe haven't even stepped foot in here before because we go to where they are and meet those needs. And as him and I began to just talk and share our hearts about kind of what we both envisioned the church being, like we just both were like, this is exactly the kind of church that we need to start. A church that is for everybody and a church that doesn't just sit here, but a church that goes out and looks for those needs and tries to meet them any way that we can. Because that's what Jesus did. That's the church that he started. A church that would go out to meet people's needs and share his love with them. And you see, we're not talking about reinventing the wheel here by any means. All I have to do is look at what Jesus did and even look at how the church began. If you think about it, it's a few crazy examples here that the church actually started the first hospital to care for people that couldn't care for themselves. The church is also the single and largest healthcare provider in the world. I mean, look at all the different churches and healthcare centers that are named after churches or named Saint something, Saint something. Also, the first and largest orphanage in the world was started by the church. These are very practical things that the church started because they knew what better way to reach people than to find them right in their needs, to find them in their distresses, to find them in the times of life that they're probably struggling the most, and to say, we can step in that gap for you, and we can meet you right there. This is what Jesus was all about, about meeting those needs, finding people right where they're at, and saying, how can I help? So that's why we are so focused on that here at Riverway. The author of the book of Hebrews gives us a clear reminder about this as well in Hebrews 13, 16. It says, and do not forget, please do not forget to do good and to share with others. For with such sacrifices, God is pleased. Do not forget to do good and to share with others. In other words, don't lose sight of our main priority, and that's to do good to others and point them to Jesus. It's as simple as that. We can overcomplicate things, and we've probably been guilty in our lives at overcomplicating things in the church, but it's as simple as that. How can I do good to others? And along with that, point them to the love of Jesus. And as we get ready to enter this very exciting next chapter for Riverway that you heard Bruce and Ryan talking about a little bit, I want to reassure you that in no way will any of these community initiatives that we've been doing and that we've been growing, in no way will those take a backseat to this campaign, to our future building. These are a part of who we are and will always be a part of who we are. In fact, it's kind of funny. There's a pastor buddy that we're friends with and him and Ryan got together I don't know, probably several months ago, and they had gone through a capital campaign to raise funds for a future building. And one of the things that he told Ryan that he might want to consider is, man, maybe you want, like, during your campaign time, just press pause on Christmas Miracle Sunday. You know, it might just help everything for the campaign. And as Ryan came back and was recounting this conversation with us, the first thing I said to him was like, well, when he said that, did you punch him in the throat and say, are you kidding me? I mean, because the second we start to press pause on things like that, the second we even veer slightly from what God has called us to do, 
We're no longer the church that God has called us to be. That's why everything we do is to point people in that direction. Your next film, our landing place campaign, our future building are being done to enhance and build upon what we're already doing. It's as simple as that. Nothing's gonna take a back seat, nothing's gonna get put on hold, but they're gonna enhance and help it grow and help us to reach and bless more and more people. You see, we wanna reach people we've never reached and be a blessing not only to this community, but to our surrounding communities as well. So what better way to do that than to build a community center where we can be a blessing to families in need, blessing to our local sports organizations, to local community organizations, to single parents. You see, we're not doing this simply to make our Sunday morning experience more comfortable and easier, as awesome as that will be, especially for all our setup and teardown people. That's not the reason we're doing this. We're going through this process to find our landing place because we want to put Riverway on the map to be a beacon of hope to this entire community and our surrounding communities to let them know that there is a God and there is a church that loves them. And we're going to go where they're at to meet those needs. There's a man named Paul who wrote a good amount of the New Testament. In fact, we did an entire series on him last summer. And I want to encourage you, if you weren't here last summer, if you missed any of that, to go back and watch it, as there's so much that we can learn from this man's life. In fact, next to Jesus, he's widely considered to be the most influential person of the Christian faith, so to say he's kind of a big deal would be a bit of an understatement. He wrote two letters to the church in Corinth, and the first letter he writes about how he did whatever it took to reach more people for Jesus. And I want to share his words with you this morning. In 1 Corinthians chapter 9, starting in 19, it says, Though I am free and belong to no one, I have made myself a slave to everyone to win as many as possible. To the Jews, I became like a Jew to win the Jews. To the weak, I became weak to win the weak. I have become all things to all people so that by all possible means, I might save some. I have become all things to all people so that by all possible means I might save some. I do all this for the sake of the gospel that I may share in its blessings. So what does Paul mean when he says that I become all things to all people so that by all possible means I might win some? What this means is that Paul was willing to go where they were. He wasn't satisfied as to sit there and hope that someone came and asked him about Jesus. He was willing to go where they were, to enter their world with complete respect for their value, for their cultures. He went to meet them right where they were at because he had the greatest news of all time and he could not wait to share it. I mean, nobody gets amazing news or great news and just sits there like, I hope somebody asks me about this news. No, we go out, we post it on Facebook, we tell all of our friends about it because we're excited about this news. And that's what Paul was as well. He had this great life-changing news inside of him, so he went out and met people where they were at. He identified with them to reach as many as possible. You see, Paul was casting his net wide to reach as many people as possible, and that's why we take the approach that we do. And your next film is that reaching a variety of people requires us to do a variety of different things, or to reach out in a variety of different ways. My apologies. Reaching a variety of people requires us to reach out in a variety of different ways. You see, our reach goes into our local schools 
where we do teacher appreciation breakfast just to simply come alongside and give our support and thank them for all that they do. Even right here at the high school, we have a supply closet that we stock every week so that teachers don't have to buy school supplies out of their own wallets. Just so that they know that there's a church here that cares for them and loves them and meets their tangible needs. Our reach goes into the city. When we come alongside events like Father Hennepin Days and the Champlain Easter Egg Hunt, which is coming up this Friday, how can we be a blessing to them? Our reach goes into our neighborhoods and into our homes through our fifth Sunday projects where we cancel all of our services on Sunday mornings to go out and be the church and to be a blessing. You see, we're not just going to sit here and twiddle our thumbs and say, I hope somebody comes tomorrow. I hope somebody comes this Sunday. It's not going to work. We need to go where the people are. We need to go where the needs are and meet them right where they're at with the love of Jesus. Just like Paul, we're trying to become all things to all people so that by all possible means we might reach some. All things to all people so that we might reach some. Because this is our DNA. It's who we are. It's who Jesus is. Listen to Jesus' words here in Luke chapter 19. It says, For the Son of Man, being Jesus, came to seek and to save the lost. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. In other words, Jesus is saying, I'm here to reach people who have never been reached before. You see, our values aren't original. We simply took them from what Jesus did. And the very reason he came was to reach people that have yet to be reached. And not only that, but to do it in such a practical way that met them where their needs were the greatest. Your next fill-in this morning is that as a church, reaching people is the very foundation of who we are. Reaching people is the very foundation of who we are, of why we got started, and why is it? Because there are people all around us who have yet to be reached and who need to hear the life-changing message of Jesus. Plain and simple. And we are exactly one week away from Easter. One week away from celebrating the single event that sets Christianity apart from all other religions and is the backbone of our faith. That's the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The ultimate act of doing something that had never been done before to reach people who have yet to be reached. The ultimate act of doing something that had never been done before to reach people who have yet to be reached. Not only do we get to celebrate that, but we also get to share that great love with people who have yet to be reached. And each and every one of us gets to play a part in that. You see, Christmas and Easter are the two easiest times to invite people to church because they're already thinking about going to church or about church on those holidays. And before we close today, in just a few moments, we're going to actually pray and ask God that he would use us, that he would give us the boldness, like we read about those four friends earlier, that he would give us a boldness to reach out, to invite, and to share what's coming up next Sunday with our friends, our coworkers, our family members, with people who need to experience Jesus. You see, God has done some absolutely amazing things here at Riverway over the last six and a half years, and he's continuing to do them. Every single week, we hear amazing stories of life change in people's lives. But the truth is that we're not satisfied with who's in this room right now. And the reason that we're not satisfied is because at one point, you weren't in this room. At one point, you weren't in this room. At one point, none of us were in a room like this. 
We're not satisfied because your coworker isn't here, your neighbor isn't here, your classmate isn't here, your crazy uncle isn't here. They're all welcome here. You know, I thank God that when I was 14, I had friends and I had a brother who weren't satisfied that I wasn't in a place like this to hear the love of Jesus. And they invited me. And I didn't go right away. It took me a few weeks to finally go to church. But I'm so thankful that they weren't satisfied with the people who were in their building at that time. You see, there are people that are all around us who need to know how much Jesus loves them. And to be surrounded by a group of people just like this, who are going the same faith direction that they are. And what a privilege that God uses you and me to reach out to those people. Another letter that Paul wrote, the book of Romans, he gives us all this challenge. In verse 10, or chapter 10, verse 13, he says, Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Which is great news. Blenna continues, How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, How beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. How beautiful are the feet of those who bring the most life-changing news that anyone could ever bring. Now, I'm not asking this morning to go start preaching to your friends, to your relatives, to your coworkers. All we're simply doing is asking you to get a little boldness and to reach out and to invite them to come experience what God is doing here next Sunday on Easter. What a privilege to be the one that gets to carry that great news to somebody. I can't imagine what my life would be like right now if someone didn't carry that news to me. And I told you earlier about the impact of an anonymous invite that we put in somebody's door before we ever got started. Now, can you imagine how much more powerful it will be that invite comes from a friend or a relative or a coworker, someone who cares about them and says, I really would love for you to join me next Sunday on Easter at Riverway Church. How powerful could that be for that, inf- that individual, for that family? Because God wants to do something amazing in their lives. See, I love... Jesus and I love this church and I want as many people as possible to experience what God is doing right here but for that to happen it's going to take all of us being bold like those four guys who brought their crippled friend to Jesus who didn't take no for an answer who weren't turned away by a big crowd who weren't turned away by a roof that did not have a hole in it but they said out of our love and care for this person we're going to do whatever it takes to get them to Jesus and that's the same boldness I want all of us to take even this week as we have conversations with people in our lives that need to know Jesus, that we would all have that boldness say, you know, I love and care for this person. I'm going to do whatever it takes for them to understand how much Jesus loves them. And when we start to walk with boldness like that, we're going to be able to reach people that we've never reached. And we're going to see people 
whose lives are absolutely rocked and changed by the power of Jesus Christ. But that can't happen unless somebody carries this great news and delivers it to these people and say, you know what? I don't care what's happened in your life. I don't care where you've been before. Jesus Christ loves you. I want you to come and hear a message on Easter Sunday. We'll talk about that. Because that is the best thing that you could ever do for those people in your lives. To share with them the life-changing power that you've experienced and you know that God can do in their lives. So that's why we do whatever we have to do, things we've never done before, to reach people that have yet to be reached. Will you close your eyes and pray with me this morning? Not that there's anything spiritual about closing our eyes, but it just helps us to focus in this moment. And in just a minute here, we're just going to take 30 seconds, and we're going to ask God to speak to our hearts. Now, he's not going to speak to you in some audible language, but we believe that God has the ability to speak to our hearts and maybe even uh, give us, you know, the names of friends, coworkers, family members who uh, he wants us to reach out to and be a light to and to bring this good news to. So we're going to take this next 30 seconds, and I just want you to ask God to show you and to speak to you, the friends, the relatives, the coworkers, who you should reach out to this week and invite next Sunday. Let's take 30 seconds and do that right now. Father, we thank you for your great love for us. We thank you that you sent someone to us to invite us to church, to tell us about your love. And now we're asking that you give us all the boldness to do that same thing for someone else in our lives. And as you put people on our hearts that we need to be inviting this week, I pray that you give us the boldness and the courage to act upon that, to meet them right where they're at, and to bring the best news possible to them, and that's the news of how much you love them. So God, I thank you for, God, the heart for this church, of these people in this church to do things that we've never done to reach people we've never reached. And I pray that we would never lose sight of that, we would never veer from that course, but God, that we would never forget to do good and to share with others as you've commanded us to do. Let that be at the forefront of everything we do. So again, Heavenly Father, we thank you for your love for us and for those of you that have yet to be here, that you do something amazing in their lives this week and next Sunday. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.